Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Hope you guys are staying strong and healthy as always. And be sure if you need anything, give us a call at Health Masters or check out the website or email us for all your health and nutrition needs. The product of the week. You guys seen it, so I told you guys about it last week, the Muscle Blast formula. That's our branched-chain amino acid formula on sale right now for over 10% off. Incredibly effective formula for people that exercise, need more muscle endurance, and continually pushing their conditioning. This product works great for that. And as you guys know, we've been doing the 12 Days of Christmas, the 12 Days Coupon, 1-2-D-A-Y-S. That's coupon code to plug in for the HGH Stimulate today. That's one of our top-selling products, has been and always will be. A very effective formula. That's on sale for 24 hours right now. Just plug in that coupon code if you want to take advantage of that product today on sale at the website healthmasters.com. Uh, one of the first things I wanted to get into here this morning is, you know, I've noticed it's just it feels like every couple months we're watching more and more fraud based off the, you know, giant COVID reset, I guess you could call it now. It's this pivotal point in time that everything's based around. And the European Union now is stating they're going to throw away another 215 million doses of the COVID vaccine worth roughly about $4.4 billion. Of course, this was paid completely for by European taxpayers. The vaccines which were purchased at the height of the pandemic in 2021, EU countries received 1.5 billion vaccines, many of which ended up in landfills across the continent. At the same time, attempts to transfer surplus to other countries has been thwarted by falling demand and logistical problems. The World Health Organization lifted the public health emergency designation, and so far, uptake of the COVID vaccine has been very low now. Now, what's interesting about this, and I told you guys this, this was one of the biggest frauds that we saw with Europe, with the United States, all across the board, where Pfizer, in their infinite you know, thievery, managed to get contracts with the United States government and European government, basically stated that they were going to produce X amount of COVID shots and that Europe and the United States was going to have to buy all of them, regardless if they needed them. And they massively overordered what they actually needed. And it's been a continual waste. Now, the good thing about this is this is less shots than people are getting. This is with the anticipated amount of shots, I guess you could say, they expected people to get. And now they simply go, well, nothing to see here, you know, just four and a half billion dollars worth of vaccines uh, that are unbelievably toxic as is and they've expired now so we're just going to throw them away you know nothing to see here don't worry about that we'll uh, we'll do better next time with our funding and allocations of funds and this is why it's so very important to try to hold a lot of the local communities you know as far as to the feet to the fire when it comes to managing money maintaining you know the ability to stay solvent because what happens is when you get these politicians in office now as we clearly saw and they've realized that they simply can just vote themselves more money and they can do insider trading and they can buy up massive amounts of stocks in Pfizer right before Pfizer happens to get these billion dollar contracts for the COVID vaccine oh yeah you remember all that the Fauci owning huge sleuth of you know Pfizer and also Moderna suddenly sells his shares almost at peak time. Same thing with Bill Gates. All of them did. They bought them early, then they sold high right before everything started to go down. Like they just, you know, oh, that was just coincidental. We didn't know anything about that. And again, this is what's really starting to happen now because the, the amount of wealth transfer that we saw during that time was insanity. And so this is what's really starting to be more and more clear that this entire thing was fraud. But again, you can't say you're surprised with a lot of this stuff. Also, to another news, this is interesting. 
new studies came out that help explain why smokers have a higher risk of developing age-related cognitive decline and Alzheimer's disease. And they're saying here in this study, they said smoking cigarettes actually shrinks the size of the brain and stopping doesn't reverse the damage, a new study shows. The findings help explain why smokers have such a high risk of developing age-related cognitive decline. They said, but there's good news. Essentially, once somebody, if somebody stops smoking, that essentially the shrinking stops. The study published in Biological Psychiatry, Global Open Science, looked at data from 32,094 individuals of European descent who smoke daily. The data came from the UK Biobank, a biomedical database available in the public that contains genetic health and behavioral information for approximately 500,000 people. The research team from Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis found that total brain volume, including gray and white matter, decreased when a person smoked daily. Gray brain matter decreased more than white brain matter did, according to the analysis, essentially gray matter houses the neural cell bodies and most of it is found essentially where you see here was they're talking about with the nicotine and so this is one of the issues you start to see about this is a lot of it too is because I was reading another article and it was discussing how the amount of nicotine in products now has been slowly been increasing even though there's a lot of approval and there's, or they state that you know there's only allowed to be X amount of milligrams and so forth. But essentially now you're making it easier and easier to get massive amounts of nicotine to the brain and this is what's happened now with the vape industry. You know the vaping industry is – overtaken the younger generation sad as it is it's a horrible horrible habit but it's made it so convenient now for young kids to get constant nicotine feeds all day long you, you go anywhere now you go to restaurants you go out to the mall you see these kids and most of them are young and they're walking around these little little vape cartridges everywhere you know hitting their vape pen getting their getting their nicotine buzz and the problem with this is it's making it so convenient and then on top of that a lot of these products they make these names you know you know bubblegum Cherry fruit punch, you know, fan. I'm like, golly, who, who are you directing that towards? Obviously, you know, that's that's directed towards 50, 50, you know, 40, 50 year old demographics, not, you know, they're directing it towards kids. And so be very cautious of the stuff if you have kids. I just want to bring that up because as more and more information comes out over time about what nicotine does and how addictive it is, and now showing here that it actually shrinks the brain over extended periods of time. So, something I wanted to address on that. A lot of times I've talked to individuals who have tried to stop smoking and they've dealt with issues. There's a few products that I've gotten good feedback from, one of that being the 5-HTP to help out with serotonin because that's one of the biggest things is that the constant dopamine hit that individuals get from nicotine when they smoke a cigarette. When you stop nicotine, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people have, are depressed for a few days is because they're no longer getting those hits of dopamine from the nicotine anymore, and so their body has it massively downregulated. So you've got to get a level back out the 5-HTP is great for that also the B-complex is really really good for that and also to the GHI cleanse is another one to throw in there as you got a lot of nutrients and detoxifying properties to help cleanse your system out reduce inflammation and essentially allow the body to you know get stronger again and reduce those cravings another one too that I've heard people talk good about is the cinnamon extract formula this also helps to stabilize blood sugar but it also has the cinnamon extract in it which can actually help with certain cravings as well so just something I thought I would throw out there after this new study came out again. So something to be aware of and make sure you're watching your kids. They're not involved in this whole vaping industry now that is way too popular. What do you think, Dan? How are you doing this morning? Uh, doing great, Austin. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. Uh, the vape thing's a real problem. It's, it's, you know, the, the kids, you know, uh, how can I say this in a way that doesn't get sound weird? A lot of people don't think they smoke when they're using a vape. There, that's not, I, did it, I said it right. Uh, they think that they can say, I'm a non-smoker, but I'm a, 
but, but they don't mention that they're a vapor. And nicotine is a vasoconstrictant. In fact, years ago, I remember I did a, I read a study way back when it was at Florida State, and they took a thermograph and they put a person's hand inside the thermograph. It's like you measure for breast thermography. And the hand was completely red with oxygenated blood. And they turned around and put, took one inhalation off of one cigarette, waited 45 seconds, put their hand back into the thermograph. The nicotine was such a strong vasoconstrictant that the entire hand had turned blue within less than a minute. That's what it does to the brain. The brain requires copious amounts of oxygen. That's why if you go unconscious or you get close to carbon monoxide and all the rest of this stuff, or you get knocked out or you get into an area where you don't have enough oxygen, the brain can have almost immediate damage. And when you're constantly causing vasoconstriction of these arterioles that feed the brain, these blood vessels are constantly constricting, you're causing oxygen deprivation to the brain. And that's causing the brain to shrink according to this article, but it wasn't specific about that because that's the reason it happens. And I've seen this over and over and over again. And so that massively increases cognitive decline as you age, especially if you're a smoker. But the reality is, is a lot of people have different susceptibilities to that type of problem. I know my mom was a heavy smoker. She smoked five packs of cigarettes a day. She would chain smoke. She would sit there and light one after another, after another, after another, after another, because she was suffering with severe PTSD, PTSD after being in Germany for, for the World War II. But the crazy part was this, was the fact that you know she continued to be okay until she started getting older, and then she started suffering with the age-related mental decline, which a lot of people do anyhow because of age-related disorders. But it was sad because when they ended up putting her in the nursing home, I had nothing to do with that, by the way. I didn't have power of attorney. They ended up in a situation where they put her in all kinds of heavy medication and drugs, and within six to eight months, her brain had completely just been destroyed because of the drugs. There are all kinds of drugs that you should never – ever give to a person who is elderly because of what it does from an increased risk of senile dementia, and that's exactly what happened to her. So in the end, it wasn't the doggone cigarettes that did her in as far as her brain. It was the drugs that they were giving her. But the sad part about it is a lot of these women that are younger, uh, they start doing the vaping because it helps to control appetite and helps control you know mood swings, and they don't think that they're just smoking cigarettes. And again, like, you know, chewy bubblegum, you know, super sweet, you know, tangy cinnamon flavor, vape, whatever. Yeah, this is the same thing that the, the, the nicotine manufacturers, you call them the cigarette manufacturers, did back in the 60s and the 70s. Back then they had a, a, a cartoon character called Joe Camel, and it was directly, it was directly targeting children because the, the camel was pretty cool and he was smoking cigarettes. You think, well, that couldn't have happened. Yeah, it did. Back in the 60s, they were doing TV commercials for cigarettes. And they were promoting the use of tobacco and cigarette products, and they were actually saying things like, your doctor recommends this cigarette every single day because it's healthy for you. I can't make this up. That's what they were doing on the media. And finally, the Surgeon General and the government got involved and said, wait a minute. This causes all these different types of cancers. You can't be promoting this on TV. And they took it off the TV advertising. Now they've just shifted it back now to social media advertising, and people on TikTok get in there and start vaping and all the rest of this, and all these young kids see it, and they decide they're going to start vaping too. And you know, nicotine is a very strong drug. It's very, very addictive. Some say it's harder to get off of nicotine than it is to get off of heroin. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. And the crazy part now that you guys know that I'm in this crazy dating world, every once in a while you go out with somebody, and they'll go to the bathroom like every two hours or whatever. You say, well, that's normal. Well, then you find out they're vaping in the bathroom. They don't want you to know they're vaping because they put on their dating profile. They don't smoke. There's no difference in that, except you don't have to smell the smoke. The sad part about this is, is that this addictive substance that's so addictive is being used by young children, even 8, 9, 10, 12 years of age, because they're seeing it on social media. They're seeing it on TikTok. Again, 
This is why Austin and I have urged you so many times, don't let your children be involved in social media ever. Don't let them do that when they're young like that because they're too – if a seven-year-old or a six-year-old starts seeing somebody do this, they don't know the difference. They're being told how great it is, how much fun it is, how good you feel when you vape. They don't know. And, also, and, I, and I knew kids back in high school and elementary school. They were smoking in elementary school when they were eight, nine, ten years of age because their parents smoked. So be really careful with this kind of stuff, guys. It's so important that you don't let your kids see this stuff. It really is. And these things like Joe Camel and all these things that were taken off the air, you guys can do some research on that. You'll see it. But these age-related smoking disorders are very, very real. What's even worse is the demographics, you know, as far as, you know, the kids that are being targeted. By the way, yeah, there's a really good article here, and it talks about what's happening. And it says, we are facing a demographic collapse of epic proportions. Birth rates have plummeted to record lows all over the industrialized world, and this has very serious implications for our future. If something is not done to reverse this, native populations will fall very rapidly in wealthy countries during the years ahead, and there won't be nearly enough workers to support the entitlement programs that the elderly are counting on. I'm going to repeat that slower. There won't be nearly enough young workers to support the entitlement programs that the elderly are counting on. Meanwhile, the nations where birth rates are still above replacement levels, such as the Islamic world, become more powerful and will play a more dominant role in world affairs. Despite all of our advanced technology, population numbers still matter, and we are really facing a demographic collapse of epic proportions. Here in the United States, our birth rate has been below replacement level for many years, and now the average woman in the United States is only giving birth to about 1.6 children over the course of a lifetime. That's a huge, huge disparity. That means after a few more generations, we're going to have a massive decrease in the amount of the population that have been here for a long time and will be only being will be only have immigrants. This is why the borders are open. I'm letting you know right now this is why they're doing this is to destroy the demographics of the country and to bring in third world country people that have to rely on the government. This is Cloward and Piven. They're going to come in and destroy the they're going to destroy the government and destroy the United States of America through social welfare systems. In other words, when 90% of the population here in the United States is dependent on a free check every month, that's the end. It'd probably be less than that. But but right now, you know, over 40% of the population in this country doesn't even work anymore. It, it's insane. Either they're retired or they're disabled or they're addicted to drugs. I mean, over 100 million people right now are unemployed in the United States, and that's not even including a bunch of the other ones that we're talking about. All of this is being done on purpose to destroy the once great United States of America. And yet, in spite of all of their efforts, the United States is still so powerful because of our deficit spending and because of our world, because we have the world reserve currency, we're still able to sell this debt, even if it's just to the Rothschild banking cartel. A lot of other countries don't want it anymore. And we're able to continue to print currency more and more and more as they monetize the debt by inflating the dollar. And we're seeing this all over the place right now. But guys, listen to me. Below replacement fertilities means closing schools, shrinking college enrollments, fewer workers and consumers, and not enough taxes to pay for entitlements. We're already seeing low fertility rate fallout hitting schools and colleges, but will have a big consequence for the economy as well, given that there will be relatively fewer workers and consumers and less entrepreneurial activity as the population of young and adults in America falls, much of the, falls across much of the nation. This is an interesting article. Now, what they're not addressing in this article is that the attack on fertility 
by the COVID vaccine, which has been given to about approximately 80 percent of the population of the United States, which directly attacks the ovaries and directly attacks the testicles and prevents sexual maturation. It appears in young children that are prepubescent. All of this stuff is also happening at the same time that we're having the falling fertility rates. So I personally see that I think we're going to end up with a fertility rate of about 0.5. So it means that this country is going to really start collapsing internally. Germany saw the same problem. Angela Merkel, who is probably you know one of the most hardcore communists ever in the history of the world, who took over Germany, opened the borders to the Muslim population through, through Libya, which Muammar Gaddafi warned us if we took him out of power that we're going to have a giant corridor of people going into Europe. And that's exactly what happened with the tens of millions of migrant immigrants that had come into Germany and into France, everywhere else. I've got a friend of mine that I met. She lived in France for 17 years, speaks fluent French. She was born in Cuba. The craziest part about it is she said that Paris is no longer Paris. She said Paris once was the most beautiful city in the world, and she said it's just a slum now. She goes, people are sleeping in the streets, sleeping on mattresses in the medians. She said it's awful. She said there's parts of Paris that are so dangerous that women are not even allowed to have any sense to go there because the Muslim gangs will rape them. That's Paris. I remember a few years ago, Savannah wanted to go to Paris. I mean, she was all excited. She had a little beret on. She was so excited about going to Paris. She'd, she'd see some of the old movies. And she got there, and she goes, Dad, this place is really filthy. And I said, yeah, it is. And the sad part was she was looking for the Paris from the 1950s and 1960s. That doesn't exist anymore. Paris is awful. And the Parisians are some of the meanest people in the world. I mean, I don't know what the, if they're all hungover, if they're constantly drunk, or if they're addicted to drugs. I have no idea. And I asked her, I said, why are the Parisians so mean? She goes, we don't know. They're horrible. All they do is lie and cheat and steal, and they refuse to speak English, so they all speak English. She goes, it's horrible in Paris and how they treat people. But Paris is losing its luster now for tourism, too, because people have had enough of these unbelievable immigrant populations that are in there and being forced to basically carry security with them or stay out of certain areas. So Paris will find out pretty quick that when you treat people like dirt, it's going to come back on you pretty, pretty fast. By the way, and I wanted to share with you about this. You know, we right now have a new Chinese virus has been released. I told you they were doing this. Now the doctors are in meltdown as the, another, another mystery Chinese virus stops responding to all antibiotics. The world has been gripped by fear over the mystery of virus rocking the youngest in the China's population. And now it has emerged that it is resisting all antibiotics. Doctors worldwide are in meltdown after China confirmed this mystery pneumonia has taken over China. And while some are questioning the fact that viruses don't normally respond to antibiotics, experts are yet to confirm the nature of the virus. And the first-hand account from a mom in China details the story from the Chinese doctor. You think, well, are they, is this more fear porn? Is this more of this, more of this, more of this? Well, the reality is that this is something that has happened as far as all over the United States now is that we have this new mystery disease that is affecting people's chest, their lungs. All of this is happening right now as we speak. And I know so many people right now that are so sick right now because of the, what a quote unquote, release of another bioweapon. People that have basically been healthy. I'm talking about people now that have also not been vaccinated. These people have clean blood and they're still being, and the people that are vaccinated are worse. They're going from one sickness to another sickness to another sickness to another sickness. They're staying sick all the time now. And the sad part about this is, is this is exactly what they planned when they gave you a shot that was going to reduce your immune system to prevent you producing antibodies and basically force your body to manufacture spike proteins. 
I've spoken to many people that have all kinds of menstrual issues now that you guys are you know, emailing me at askdrtedb at yahoo.com, and they're having all kinds of menstrual issues. Their, their period used to last for one week. Now it lasts for two weeks. There's a problem with that. When, when a woman starts losing that much blood, they start having all kinds of iron deficiencies and everything else, and these spike proteins are wreaking havoc on the reproductive systems. All of this stuff is set up and planned. People are saying, well, the bioweapon, this, this shot doesn't work. No, the shot's working perfectly. It's doing exactly what, 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 what DARPA knew that it would do. They knew exactly that when they tested on the cats and the ferrets in the study that was done 20 years ago that everything died of septus. They know exactly what they've done. So this weapon is working great. Last week, Austin did an exceptional piece as far as the latest Pfizer batch document releases on how many people were sick from this shot and how many people were suffering from myocarditis and pericarditis and how many people were dying of heart disease and how many areas have different types of batches and vaccines and how they're tracking them as they're doing a giant beta test as far as trying to find out exactly what works and what doesn't work. Now, what's interesting about this, let's take it back to the esoteric again. The entities that run this planet, they're looking at this as what's the most effective way to reduce the population of the planet? What's the most effective way to go after God's creation? What's the most effective way to bring our DNA and incorporate it back into these people's individuals' DNA and change the DNA of the planet again as they did in Genesis chapter 6? Because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, Genesis chapter 6, so shall it be upon my return. And we see this now as these guys are continually causing more and more and more problems with all of the shots and all of the mRNA vaccines they're giving people, and now all the boosters that are coming. I spoke to this medical doctor. This is funny. You guys are going to kick out of this. And uh, she basically uh, she had told, told me she had, all, she had all three vaccinations, and she was planning on getting all the boosters. And then she told me, she goes, she didn't know my background. She goes, oh, by the way, you know, you need to start to realize that, you know, you need to get educated in what vaccines do and how they work. Something similar to that comment. I thought myself, whatever. This is the problem that we have in the medical field. The medical field wants people to believe that they have to do whatever they're told to do, and they can't question what's happening in the world around them. And, you know, just take the shot and shut up, stupid. That's what they want you to say. And the doctors are just as dumb. Just shut up, you dumb professional medical doctor. Who do you think you are? Who do you think paid for your Rockefeller Rothschild medical you know, education? You know, you do what we tell you to do. Put your head back in the sand and shut up and be quiet and be compliant. And they do. The vast majority of 90% do. Now, there's 10% of these doctors that are rogues. They run around and say, I'm not going to do that. I'll do whatever I want to do. I've got a medical license. And then they, and then they do that invariably because they're not following standard medical procedure. They end up getting themselves into a situation where there's a high probability they're going to lose their license. All of this stuff happens around us as we see it happening globally. It's happening here, too. I, I spoke to my friend from Paris the other day, and she told me in Europe, she says the child rearing – okay, let me just tell you what she said. This is going to sound weird. I'm going to tell you what it said. She said in Europe, in France, and in Germany now, women are waiting to their 40s, and they're finding a sperm donor in their 40s. And they build their careers, and in their 40s, they go find a sperm donor to basically have a baby. And the sperm donor will have absolutely no input whatsoever in the child's development or in the child's growth or even in the child's you know, taking care of the child. And that, that's the trend now in France and in Germany, and that's why the population is collapsing because these women find out in their 40s it's not so easy to get pregnant anymore, not unless you use a fertility clinic and not if you can't produce eggs anymore. Because a woman, remember, is born with all the eggs she's ever going to have, period. 
and they mature, they mature every month as she goes through her cycle. But the eggs are formed at birth for that woman, and she never gets any more eggs. So now she's trying to impregnate a 40-year-old egg when she's 40 years old. And there's a high probability that egg won't get fertilized. And so that's why it's so difficult to get pregnant. But that's the new trend now in Germany and in France is to use a sperm donor and not have a father figure in the home. Again, it's all about destroying cultural norms. It's all about reducing the population of the planet. It's all about what they did with the Frankfurt School and how they've infiltrated all of the universities and all of the positions and organizations around the world with a communist ideology, which is pure Satanism. That's what this is. It's to destroy God's creatures. Now, are we having too many births on this planet? Honestly, the main portion of the births and the growth are from third world countries. And yes, it's over 100 million a year, or it was. I don't know what it is now after the COVID shot. That needed to be curtailed. It really did. But as far as over amount of births in the United States and in Western European countries, absolutely not. It doesn't exist. But third world countries are still, and we're still before COVID, reproducing and producing about another 100 million people per year on the planet. That's too much, and that should have been put in check. Period. That's how I feel about that, because they can't support themselves because the Western countries have come in now through Cloward and Piven and started putting money and supplies and food sources in these countries, especially in some of the African regions and basically in Chinese. Well, they were in China, but not anymore in China because they basically gone to their one child policy. But they were going into these third world countries and just giving them incredible amounts of food. And the indigenous population there was basically reproducing at will and having more and more and more children. I told you what happened to me when I was in Kenya. Years ago, I was in Nairobi, and I was following. I was there with our our safari guide. His name was Richard, and we were driving around Nairobi, and there were literally thousands of children in the medians with campfires and tents and sleeping under bushes whose parents had all died from AIDS. And these children were born to these AIDS-infected parents, and these children basically were outside of the age parameter as far as coming down with the AIDS at that point, but they ended up basically being – there was nobody there to take care of them. And it was sad because they, they weren't being educated. They weren't being anything. They were like homeless. It's like you know, Lord of the Flies. It was one of those deals. And the sad part about all of this stuff is that that was done on purpose to Africa. The World Health Organization introduced tainted blood into Africa and created this problem with AIDS, period. That's who did it. And they were doing that to help reduce the population of the planet, and they didn't realize the stuff was going to spread throughout all these different populations and cause a major problem. In certain parts of Kenya, 99% of the people are infected with AIDS. It's nuts is what's going on over there. So the problem you get with all of this stuff is that you sit back and you watch and you realize who's behind the curtain. And that's what we always tell you, who's behind the curtain on this show. But remember, what these guys behind the curtain don't see is there's a most high God. His name is Jesus. He's the Lord of Lord. He's the King of Kings. He can do all things. And we have to understand he built the universe. And we have a blood covenant with him through Calvary, through his blood that he shed on the cross. And because of that, we are in covenant with the Most High God, God the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And he'll fill you with the Holy Spirit and teach you and to get you to talk to your friends the right way about what's going on. Guys, always remember who we are in Christ and that we have hope in glory and we have hope in Jesus and that we're going to stand this fight. We talked about it last week in depth. I did a really good show last week on this. It'll, you'll see it. It'll say, but one of the best shows in weeks. You need to go back and listen to that show again or go back and hear it if you didn't hear it. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Also, what do you think, buddy? And what's your next story? 
Uh, you're spot on with that. And, you know, that's why it's really, you know, it's so important to continue to get the truth out there and talk to so many people on a regular basis anywhere you go. You know, like I said, even if it's just a small amount or a little thing, getting people information they can use to wake up, especially when it comes to health and nutrition as well, because, you know, so many there's so much information out there now. There's no excuse to be ignorant as far as with health and nutrition unless you just willfully want to do so. So, I mean, when you look back at it and you understand that, I mean, now with the Internet, which has been a double-edged sword, you know, you can pull up, though, anything you want on almost any health topic right now. That's why they're working so hard to try to censor people and prevent people from speaking the truth. As you see people get more obese and more obese, especially in the United States here. I mean, the United States is the fattest, most obese country in the entire world. I mean, you go to most parts of most of the rest of the world, you don't see the obesity levels like we do now. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. You know, I've gone to when I've gone to Walmart, I try to actively avoid that place. I remember one of the last times I was there and I was walking down this aisle and this lady was in front of me and she had a scooter. And she was probably, I don't know, five, fifty, six hundred pounds. And I mean, I'm, I'm taking up almost like the whole aisle. And with the scooter, she's doing like two miles an hour. Poor scooter could barely keep up. I mean, it was that thing was like without smoking. And I thought to myself, you know, and then she had a, her like son with her who was also morbidly obese with a shopping cart. And I mean, it was full, I mean, full of junk. I mean, I couldn't even keep up with all the stuff in it. And I sat there and I thought to myself, you know, this is one of the reasons why we're seeing so many issues as far as health problems in the United States, because the aspect of survival of the fittest no longer applies to society. You don't have people that actually have to be able to survive and function. There's no way she can live on her own and take care of herself and basically feed that level of calories every single day without subsidies and disability and government funding. It's impossible. She couldn't do it. To, be, to maintain that level of weight, then you have to actively try to be that obese. That's not like, oh, you know, I put on 30, 40 pounds. I got a little bit of a gut. I need to start leaning up. That ain't that. We're not talking, oh, that's easy. That's, that happens to everybody at some point. You just got to lean back up. We're talking, I mean, you know, 15, 20, 25,000 calories a day, every single day, continuously to maintain that weight. That's why when I've dealt with people before that have wanted to get back into shape and they've gotten really overweight like that, first thing I usually start doing is do like a GHI fast for a week and break that habit of eating all that junk and carbs every day. And what's interesting about it is when the body starts cleaning out, the colon starts cleaning out with people that are that heavy. I mean, dude, I've seen people drop 20, 30 pounds before within one to two weeks. A lot of it's colon weight. You know, I had a buddy of mine who used to always, uh, he was a real good wrestler back in the day in high school. I've, I've seen him for years now. He, he got in a little bit of trouble as he got older and he was constantly fighting his way. It was always up and down, up and down. When, when, he, was in, when he was in high school, he was wrestling. He was like 210, both strong. I mean, he was fast. I mean, he could move. And uh, last time, you know, when I seen him, he got all the way up to about 350 and, you know, I'd helped him get his weight back down and he went down and then it went back up again. But I remember he used to always say that. He used to always run the Atrialo and basically do like a GHI fast starting off when he get back on the train, you know, to start leaning up again and he'd lose weight, you know, within a couple weeks, you know, I was always telling him chicken and vegetables, chicken and vegetables. He, he knew the drill and he could do it, but then it was the discipline that couldn't keep it there. And so again, that's one of the biggest factors is that you want to make sure you really focus on the discipline. And also too, you got to give yourselves a cheat meal occasionally. You can't constantly eat super, super clean all the time. You will, it will burn you out at some point. I, I, mean, I have to admit that. That's why they always say, you know, a lot of times have, you know, a cheat meal on the weekend. That doesn't mean going out and eating a bunch of nasty food, but, you know, refueling, recarbon, reloading your body up and giving yourself, you know, that, that extra little bit of food, make you feel a lot better because the obesity level is getting insane now. Here's an article that just came out. I, I didn't even know 
what to really say to this when I was looking at it. I was I was so I was just shocked is that Southwest Airlines now it will give free second seats to customers of size. This is the latest example of decline in American society encouraging self-destructive behavior, and then everybody else has to pay for it. Exactly what I talked about here now. I mean, you, you, people like this can't function without being subsidized. And it says now here that Southwest Airlines is receiving a mix of praise and scorn over a policy giving obese passengers free seats to hold their overabundant girth. The so basic economists suggest that it result in healthy passengers subsidizing everybody else. And what's interesting about this is now what's gotten so much flack is that apparently they had a Southwest Airlines with a mom and two two of her kids that were on vacation, and essentially they needed an extra seat for this like 500-pound obese passenger, and they basically gave it to him. And essentially they gave one of her seats up that she had booked. They said, well, the flight's overbooked now, so we have to compensate you back for the amount of the flight, you know, three times, blah, blah, blah. And they did it. They literally gave her money back and refunded her. They had to go get a hotel, get rescheduled on a flight because they had to sub, they had to accommodate the customer of size. It was on the say the Southwest employee on the video. You can watch the video on TikTok. It says, please, the lady goes, please help me understand why do I have to spend the night in Baltimore because an oversized person didn't purchase a ticket, and the video captured a Southwest employee telling her, even if there are not enough seats, we have to accommodate the customer of size. How unbelievably embarrassing has this become now in this country where everybody essentially just subsidizes and submits to moronic behavior? And this is, again, another aspect of what we're talking about with a societal decline where individuals think it's not my responsibility to take care of myself. It's not my responsibility to be fit or eat clean. If I got a health problem, that's your responsibility. You need to pay for it. It's, it's your problem. You need to pay for my health care. My doctor needs to take care of me. He needs to give me a pill and fix it. That's not how it works. So, again, thank you for staying strong and healthy, and thank you for continually getting the truth out there because some of this stuff, it's just got to get addressed because it is so unbelievably just ridiculous. <laughs> also, too, in other news, Tesla now is having to recall over two million cars for essentially their autopilot program that is glitching out a lot. As you guys know, there have been hundreds upon hundreds of accidents and fatalities involving Tesla vehicles with the auto driving option on there, essentially running into the semi-trucks, running into walls, driving off the roads, you name it, it's happened. And so they're having to essentially recall two million cars to, to change this issue that's basically this full anonymous autonomous driving issue and they're having to basically backlog it now the weird part about this is now i told you guys that this is coming through and this is basically going to become a thing this is why these older vehicles now these vehicles now are staying so strong the biden approved the infrastructure bill deep within the infrastructure investment and jobs act opens a doorway for new surveillance with mandated kill switch coming to cars by 2026. This is, this is literally buried in the infrastructure bill. And what it does is it describes in the bill as advanced drunk and impaired driving prevention technology. The measure has been positioned as a safety tool to help prevent drunk driving. And by 2023, three years after the enactment of this act, per the text, the kill switch could be mandated on every single new car sold in the United States. In the Ride Act, when you look over the bill, essentially this drunken impaired driving prevention technology safety standard is supposed to be for the betterment of society and help everybody out and prevent drunk driving. And it's going to, and I quote, 
passively monitor the performance of a driver of a motor vehicle to accurately identify whether that driver may be impaired. What? So it's going to actively monitor the performance of the driver? It's so vague and open-ended. What's that supposed to mean? So if you do 71 and a 70, were they going to shut your vehicle off? I don't know. They're going to just start sending you automated tickets in the mail? Uh, we noted at this point in time you drove 76 and a 70, and so we're giving you a ticket now because your car snitched on you, reported to you. Oh, we saw that you did not look correctly in both both directions when you came to the stop sign because we have cameras in the vehicle facing you, monitoring everything you do all the time. Uh, we'll go ahead and give you another ticket for that. Oh, we saw you also rolled through the stop sign. We'll give you another ticket for that because your vehicle is going to snitch and monitor on you all the time, 24-7. Is that what this means? I don't know. That's some pretty vague wording right there. The vehicle is going to actively monitor driver performance. I mean, what's that going to be for sports cars? You're going to suddenly they're going to say, "Oh, you're doing 80 miles an hour to 70." We're now we're now shutting your vehicle down. We're speed limiting you to 70 miles an hour. Technology's there; they can do all the stuff with the software technology. So essentially, this new new software they want to put in here with these vehicles is going to be constantly connected to essentially the internet of the cloud, and so it's going to constantly be pinging and sending information back. And apparently, what it also goes into detail here is that if somebody seems impaired. And the vehicle is essentially going to be disabled. They'll also notify law enforcement to come over and basically give you a field sobriety test. This is nuts, guys. This is some just utopian, totalitarian nightmare stuff they're coming up with here. And that's why I've had so many people in the automotive industry tell me that a lot of these vehicles right now, this is the end of an era. This is why they're pushing the electric vehicles so hard because they can control and they can monitor everything. So much. That's why you're seeing a lot of these naturally, uh, you know, uh, naturally aspired engines and basically these, you know, ice engines, so to speak, internal combustion engines. These cars, the the value of them is going to maintain dramatically with the coming years because these cars, this is it. I mean, like Camaro. Camaro's gone. Camaro's going all electric now. It's the next phase of rolling out. That's why they just rolled out that last edition of that ZL1 Panther, which has been pulling huge money. It's just That's the end. Supercharged V8, man. LT4 engine. Incredible motors. Same motors in the Z06. That's it. It's gone. It will be, will be no more now. It's you know, Yet, even though nobody wants an electric Camaro, nobody's asking for an electric Camaro, they're still doing it because of these massive government mandates and subsidies. That's why I told you guys the Cars Act they make sure you're contacting your state representatives on this because this is designed to essentially handcuff the EPA to some extent and prevent them from doing what they're trying to do, which essentially their mandate is, is that 67% of all vehicles sold by 2030 have to be electric, meaning they're going to put a cap on manufacturing numbers on ICE vehicles based on percentages. They're literally going to go in and tell manufacturers how many ICE cars and how many ICE trucks they can actually make. The EPA has gone full rogue. They are out of control. They've been out of control, and they've got to be reined in, and that's what this bill is putting here for as far as the CARS Act to really dampen this thing down because I'm telling you right now, you start having these guys control everything you do and monitor inside these vehicles, this is going to be a very, very strange world as far as to be able to travel freely, and that's exactly what they want everybody to do. Same thing with electric cars as far as with Tesla. You know, I talked to my buddy the other day, and he watched some movie. I forgot the name of it. I'm, I'm going to try to get it online. And uh, it was like the, it, the end as we know it or something. I got to look it up. I, I haven't seen it, so I'm not promoting it. But so what's crazy is these Teslas all got hacked, and essentially the autonomous 
feature kicks in and they wreck all these Teslas in off ramps so that nobody can get off the interstate. Essentially, everybody's jam packed on the interstate and they're all boxed in. They can't get off. And I thought to myself, that's a bizarre concept. But I mean, how accurate is that? You know, anything connected to the Internet and electric can be hacked. We start hacking these cars, start wrecking them into people, start wrecking them off off ramps so that nobody can get off off ramps and everybody's boxed in on the interstate. Interesting idea. Something that's pretty crazy they're putting this in movies now with all their predictive programming. But again, that's why it's really important to use wisdom. Whatever you're buying as far as with vehicle-wise, make sure you're making an informed decision and you're doing your research from a financial standpoint, from a quality standpoint, and also from a safety and privacy standpoint, in my opinion. This is my take on it, Deb. What do you think? You know, Austin, it's interesting. Yesterday I was in uh, Tampa. I was actually in Ybor City, and I was having lunch, and I couldn't find a parking place. Yeah, here are a whole bunch of electric vehicle slots, electric vehicles only, uh, basically are there that there's no electrical no electric vehicles plugged into, and there were no other spots. So I pulled into electric vehicle plus spot. I mean, there's no law against that, I don't think, not yet. You know, there probably will be. I just parked there. I was there for a couple hours, got a car and left. It's fine. Now I'm not advocating that you do that. Now maybe some of you may get mad, but what if everybody started doing that? What if everybody started parking their vehicles in these these plug slots? And nobody could plug up anymore. Nobody could charge their vehicles. <laughs> I'm just saying, what a, mess, what a mess that would be. Suddenly, I can't get plugged in anywhere. All these other cars are plugged in in front of me. And I mean, why did these guys? And I remember, and these spots were right next to the restaurant. They were right there in the front. They were like handicapped spots. Yep. And and, I, and I'm like, well, that's not a spot. I'm glad they saved it for me. I just backed into it. And like, they just think I'm plugged in, I guess. Who cares? And say, well, I can't believe you did that, Ted. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I don't want to listen to this. I don't care if you like that or not. It doesn't make any difference to me. It's just, you know, why are we catering to this group of people that is not saving any power? They're not doing anything. They're still using coal-powered power plants and nuclear-powered power plants to charge up a vehicle because they're believing the lies. And so why in the world should I subsidize them by giving them a spot up front by the restaurant? Just asking you that question, but I'm not advocating in any way whatsoever that you should park in an EV spot, <clears throat> if you know what I'm saying. But that's how I look at it. So don't, 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 don't be thinking that you're some special cat because you basically got yourself a car and you're getting sucked into a deal where you pay 80000 for a car and now it's worth twenty after one year. And now you're thinking you did the environment good because you haven't. Those lithium-ion batteries are unbelievably toxic, and they're unbelievably hard to mine. And the strip mining that's done in third-world countries and the pollution that's caused by that is unbelievable. What do you have to drive 60, 80,000 miles to make up for the amount of diesel for, for, for fuel that you burn in order to create the lithium-ion batteries? It's something like that. Now, Austin had a story there about you know the people there on the, you know, the airplane who got bumped because somebody was oversized. I'll tell you a couple of my airplane stories because I used to fly a lot. I mean, I've flown hundreds of times all over the country when I was doing seminars. Probably, who knows, probably more than that as far as the connecting flights and connections, et cetera, with takeoffs and landings. Plus, I'm a pilot, so it all kind of blurs together anyhow. But I remember one time I was coming back from Dallas, and I remember I was in the coach, and I got on the plane, and I was so excited because I was sitting in three seats by myself. And I thought, and the whole plane's packed out. And I thought, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to do this. I can lay down and take a nap. I'm tired. I've just done a seminar. And so all of a sudden, here she comes. You know the story, about 450 pounds of her, and she can barely squeeze through the lane, you know, the aisle. She's having to turn sideways and just kind of, you know, move her belly as she goes over the seats. And I thought, oh, please, not beside me. Please, not beside me. And behind her, you couldn't see him, was this little guy like Barney Fife. He's probably 90 pounds soaking wet. 
and she would just she was blocking his vision. You couldn't see him because of her, but I could see him every once in a while poke his head out around her to see how she was maneuvering. And I thought, wow. Sure enough, she's sitting in the middle seat beside me. And I, I she sat down and she sat down and there was literally like twelve inches of space for me to sit now. And she was like hanging over. And, I, and I'm, I'm sorry, I, you're overweight, I'm sorry, but this is what happens to people when they try to sit beside a person who weighs 500 pounds. And so I got up, and I went to the – that's back before 9-11, so I actually went back to the, uh, the boarding area, and I said, look, you got to give me another seat. I said, I can't, I can't fit here. And, and they said, we're sorry, there's nothing left. And I said, well, upgrade me to first while all the seats are taken. I'm like, okay, great, that's perfect. They said, but you wait like three hours to get the next flight. And I said, why can't she wait for three hours to get the next flight? Why didn't she book two seats? Well, we can't, we can't answer that question. We don't know. So I went back over there to her again, and I said, okay, I got to sit in here. She looked, she looked like I was you know, inconveniencing her. So she rolls over on top of her husband, and then sits back. And I sit down, and she rolls back on top of me. And I thought, this is a nightmare. I can't believe this. And she's got all the vents turned on. It's freezing cold. So I turned my vent off, and she looked at me and went, huh, at me, because she, so, you know, she was so hot. And then before long, you know, you know, I basically uh, I, I adjusted the vent and she got mad and now we're taking off. And I think myself, I got an hour and a half left, two hours. And I can be home and I'll never forget. You know, I told her, I said, can you please try to scoot over? Can you take the seat by the window where your husband is? And she got all mad at me. And I looked at her. I said, ma'am, look, I'm, I'm just trying to get through this flight. And I said, you're obviously not petite. And she looked at me and she took her elbow, her arm. And she basically struck me across the chest with it. Now, it didn't hurt because, you know, she's, you know, probably got a 25-inch arm. It's real soft. And I thought to myself, she just hit me on top of everything else. I've just been, a, I've been assaulted on the airplane. And I looked at her. I said, ma'am, I said, you're obviously not a size two. I said, can you please change seats with your husband? Well, she couldn't do that because she couldn't fit. And then her husband jumps up. You know, Barney jumps up. He's about 90 pounds. And he gets all mad like Barney did on, you know, Mayberry and starts flailing his arms. and going, what did you say to my wife? I said, dude, I said she wasn't petite. She's not a size two. And I said, this is not okay. I said, this is not cool. And I remember he sat back down. I thought to myself, wow. Now I got through the flight. I did. And I thought to myself, wow, it's the only time it's ever happened to me like that. And I thought to myself, wow, that was crazy. So when I hear a story like that, now a lot of you are going to get offended by what I just said. Look, I'm not trying to offend anybody. You know, if I weigh 500 pounds, whatever, and I try to get in a seat beside somebody, I'd buy two seats. Or I'd go fly, I'd fly business class if I could fit. But the reality is, is that this is a problem that we've run into in the United States and in different parts of the world that people need to have two seats. Now Southwest is basically giving them two seats and throwing other people off the plane. That's not cool. It's not cool at all. That's one of my plane stories. Another, by the way, I put that in my maximum, uh, the, the book I wrote, Maximum Fat Loss, and they took it out. They said, you can't put that story in there. I said, why not? I said, it's, it's a true story. And I said, well, it's going to offend people. I'm like, well, maybe people need to realize that not everybody wants to deal with this on an airplane. But they took it out nonetheless because they had editorial rights on the book. Just thought I'd mention that. And the second story, I remember I was flying up to, New York, to Chicago and I was talking to a chemist who was a biologist and basically a chemist who worked, I think, at Chicago University. And he was telling me about aspartame and he was talking about Splenda, how toxic Splenda was. And there was a chlorocarbon, how it destroys kidney function. Thought I'd mention that one, too. And the third one was interesting. I was flying with a general. I was up in first class this time. And he was talking. I was talking about the world and the world's best soldiers. And he told me the Waffen-SS from Germany for World War II were the highest trained military personnel in the world and how they were the ultimate soldiers, which I thought was interesting, too. And then I talked one time. I was, in, I was back in coach, and I was coming back. I don't remember from where. I think it was Dallas again, but I don't remember. And I got stuck in the back of the plane by the toilet, which is always the pits. And I'd already, and I, so I, I moved about 10 minutes before we landed 
it's closer to the front of the plane in a bulkhead seat. And I was sitting there and this lady said, she started asking me what I did. And I told her what I did. I asked what she did. And she didn't work. She was on disability because she had rheumatoid arthritis. I'll make this story short. I have some more stories I want to cover. And what ended, up, what ended up happening is she ended up basically being in a situation where she was sick. I mean, really, 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 really sick. And so she didn't know what to do as far as her rheumatoid arthritis. So I started talking to her about what to do that with that. But she was on full government disability. And then she, I said, well, do you have any kids? I'm trying to be nice. And she goes, well, I've got one child. He's gay and he's got AIDS and he's on full government disability too. I said, okay. And then she starts talking about taxes. And then and she was talking about you know, me, what I did for a living with the seminars. And then finally she told me, she goes, well, they need to tax you, you know, at 90% like they used to. She says this to me. And I said to her, I said, why would I have an incentive? If I make, you know, $10,000 and I've got to give, you know, 9,000 away, why would I have any incentive to live on the road and do what I'm doing? Because that's what people like you do because you have, you're incentivized and you need to support people like me who don't want to work and my son who don't want to work. She said that to me. And then she said, well, I'm one of the last true Teddy Kennedy bleeding heart liberals. And she wasn't joking, by the way. This was, this was not a spoof. So at that, that time, I'm thinking to myself, I'd rather sit back by the toilet instead of talking to this nightmare. And finally, I just told her, I said, look, I said, here's the deal. We obviously aren't going to agree on anything. We got five minutes until we land. Let's just chill out, not talk. <laughs> I had enough of this. But those are my four plane stories. I, I really, they really stick out to me all the time when I think about it. And so you, you enter every once in a while, you meet somebody interesting on a plane. You may not agree with them, but they're always going to be interesting. By the way, I want to read you this article. I mentioned this earlier, but I want to use some documentation on it. The CDC announces a, sounds a major alarm as a new highly contagious COVID variant grips the U.S., Wow, the new COVID variant JN1, there you go, has sparked concern among scientists due to its rapid growth rate and large number of mutation. What are the symptoms? Mm, highly contagious doctor who specializes in infectious disease has warned. The new variant is heavily mutated. New strain is now the fastest variant in the country. The new variant counts for more than one-fifth of all infections in the U.S. It comes as Joe Biden's former COVID advisor admitted the virus is a possible leak from a Chinese lab again. And while the HVS1 subvariant is the dominant strain right now, JV1 is not far behind. And, and okay, it's talking about all of this stuff. This is exactly what I told you they were going to do. They're going to release more and more. And I'm going I'm to post this guy so you, you can read it. They're going to they're going to release more and more and more variants to get more and more people sick, to get more and more people to die, and get more and more people to get, take the vaccine. It's like a perpetual catch-22, which came first the chicken or the egg. These diseases. Or the, or the shot, which is the worst. And then pretty soon, everybody's going to be taking the shot. Everybody's going to be getting the diseases. And if you scare people enough with enough videos of people dying with hemorrhagic fever on the side of the road, bleeding out from their eyes, everybody's going to run back and take more shots. They'll, they'll take a Ebola shot next. Just thought I'd mention that. Most people will anyhow. By the way, investors are now warning that the U.S. is about to have the biggest real estate correction in their lifetime that's going to be epic levels. Right now is not the time to buy a house. If you Right now, is if you want to lease something or rent something, whatever, but I would not buy a house that's max, over, maxly overinflated right now in the United States. Also, remember I told you a few years ago, Coach Meyer and I went to D.C. and We basically uh, couldn't find anybody basically in the halls of Congress who appeared not to be gay. Just thought I'd mention that you asked Coach Meyer about this. You tell him about the time we went up there. And now we have a fired Democratic senator at 24 who made a gay sex tape in the Senate could face criminal charges after X-rated clip swept the Internet. Is slammed for implying that he's the victim. Senate staffer Avian Masi Raspi was fired on Saturday. Clip showing well, – I'm not going to read about what the clip show. This is on the Daily Mail. So I was, just let you know that we don't make this stuff up, Coach Meyer and I. It was that bad. 
by the way, the Pope's former advisor now, this is how corrupt the Vatican really is, is jailed over major Vatican corruption scandals. Always remember, the Vatican Bank was used by the CIA to launder drug money through Operation Gladio and Operation Condor. The Vatican is so corrupt, it's almost unbelievable how bad it is. And again, the Vatican was used to do this, according to Dr. Williams, who wrote the book the Operation Gladio, the unholy alliance between the Vatican, the CIA, and the mafia, because the Vatican basically was, had gotten filled with Masons, who basically weren't supposed to be in the Catholic Church because it was illegal, who could keep a secret. And they put these Masons in charge of power in order to run the drugs, the drug money through the Vatican and launder it because it's its own city state with the Vatican there in, uh, in, in, um, in uh, Italy. So I always remember this group of people that are, are just so unreal as far as their, how should I say, their, their amount of corruption they really have. By the way, up in Canada, a journalist who has now said that men and women who basically are, you know, telling people who are not vaccinated, that he said that they should be put in concentration camps. He drops dead at 33. Just thought I'd mention that. A Canadian journalist who advocated putting people in concentration camps if they refused to get injected with mRNA shots died suddenly at the young age of 33. I'm not going to mention his name. A former reporter and editor for the Financial Post and a producer of a Canadian financial news channel has passed away at 33 following unexplained illnesses. The death was reported in social media by a fellow journalist and his significant other, Stephanie Hughes. I haven't been on Twitter for a while because my partner has been hospitalized since November 18, wrote Hughes. It was heavy heart today that I say he was declared dead neurologically. He's deceased this week and taken off life support. He was 33 years old and was basically known for telling people who were not vaccinated they need to be put into concentration camps. Another interesting article on Burning Platform says leftist civil war fantasies are not going to work out the way they think. Duh. I'm really confused about the new movie trailer for the leftist insurgency fantasy flick Civil War because it seems to think that the military guy who is hassling journalists with his M4 is the bad guy. I must have gotten that wrong. Clearly, whoever is opposed to the regime media is the hero, right? Well, maybe this is weird. Red Elton John glasses are supposed to signal to me that he's evil, but I'm not just seeing it. At one point, one of the reporters tells him that they are Americans, and he asks, what kind of American? Frankly, that seems like a pretty good question. Yeah. After all, I was told by the desiccated, corrupt old pervert who Alex Garland, the guy who made this garbage movie, and undoubtedly supported there were kinds of two kinds of Americans. There are good, upstanding, woke Americans who buy into all the communist garbage, and there are the normal people who he calls MAGA extremists who are bad and scary insurrectionists and hate our democracy. We don't have a democracy in public, by the way, and are also racist and transphobic and everything else that is bad. That's a pretty good description. That's not what he's saying. Do we have two types of people in the United States now? Those that are woke and those that are not woke? I thought I'd mention that to you guys. There's another type, too, the type that follow Jesus Christ as Lord. Yeah, that's that type. The type that say, you know what? I ain't going to be your little, mm-hmm. I'm going to serve the most high God. My knee's not going to bow to a man. My knee will bow to Jesus because every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow who Jesus Christ is because he's Lord. Always remember that. You keep your heart and minds in Christ Jesus all the days of your life, for he is the author, and he is the finisher, and he is the perfect of our faith. And because of the power that raised him from the dead dwells in you, we're going to stand through this, and we're going to fight all the way. I love you guys. I'll also finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Well, there's been no question about it. You know, these films they keep producing, you know, and they keep pushing this super predictive programming, pretty much letting people know what they're planning on doing, and they've – 
push this agenda. You know, I mean, like I said, I saw the same thing, the trailer for that movie, Civil War, whether or not I, I don't know anything about it. I just saw a trailer for it the other day. And again, what you constantly keep seeing is a lot of times they'll make these films like this and they'll have a basis or a premise that's pretty good. And then you, you see parts of it where they'll sit there and demonize certain people for simply speaking up or standing up. And they'll say, oh, these, these are militias. They, they're, they're patriot militias. You see that in numerous films, especially a lot of leftist woke films, they do that. And what's crazy about it is this constantly reiterates – they do it to reiterate the people that – you're a bad American if you're standing up for your rights. You're a bad American if you're not blindly obeying the United States government at all point in time. That's what they constantly want to do. That's why they can turn around and pull the you're with us or you're with the terrorists, as George Bush as George Bush said before he went into Iraq. And that's what they constantly want to do is put people in a box. They want to put you in their little box with their little corners, with their little narrative, and they don't want you to step outside the box, my friends. Always step outside the box. Step outside the matrix. Think for yourselves and come to your own conclusion. Understand that there's usually not one or two with A's that you have to specifically think about something. Expand on it. Understand it. Stay healthy and strong. Continue to keep your mind working good with the right supplements and nutrients. If you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. The HGH Stimulate on sale today today only for 12 days coupon code 12days use that coupon code for 10% off on HGH stimulate all day today until tomorrow that next uh, product will add on and change tomorrow so be sure to check it out on the website if you need anything give us a call and continue continue to keep up the truth my friends keep standing strong keep pushing forward because there's so many people that are relying on us and you to continually get encouragement and get truth and get honesty about what's really happening so you guys have a blessed safe awesome night my friends i'll talk to you again tomorrow as always Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.